You know, in some churches, marriages that are struggling have to keep quiet, or uh, they're afraid that they'll be judged or shamed, or uh, instead of just struggling in silence, they may be brave enough to kind of ask for help indirectly by saying something like, I have this friend who has a marriage that's falling apart. There are some churches where struggling couples can't speak up, but BlackRock is not one of those churches. Here at BlackRock, we decided a long time ago that this is a place where it is okay to not be okay. Starting with me, we all freely admit that our lives are messy and that we all have struggles. So this sermon is about the reality that we have marriage struggles. But we also have a Savior who is here right now and is reaching out to everyone listening to me with his supernatural presence to bring power to strengthen marriages, even marriages that are falling apart. So there is no judgment from me whatsoever uh, toward marriages that are struggling here, and there is no judgment toward those here who are divorced. If you have gone through the trauma of having your marriage fall apart, I extend to you my love and my compassion, and I would ask you to team up with me. Team up with me and pray for the couples listening to me right now out of your compassion for them. And same if you're single. Uh, Please pray for the marriages around you because marriage isn't easy, uh, which is the first myth to dispel today. It's the marriage myth that a loving marriage is supposed to be easy. This is a destructive myth because it leads some couples to condemnation and leads some couples to complacency. First, some couples hear the myth and they feel condemnation, saying other couples have easy marriages, but our marriage is so hard. It must be that we're not meant for each other. It must be that our marriage is a mistake. That's a lie. That's a a myth based on a lie. Don't junk your marriage based on a shallow survey of couples who seem to have struggle-free marriages, but they're really just pretending, just like you are, which leads to the other side and how some couples uh, hear the myth that marriage should be easy, and it leads them to complacency. They think that marriage should be easy, and so it requires no effort. And so they put their marriage on autopilot. They don't invest in each other. They don't grow. They don't try. And as a result, these couples quietly drift. They drift apart. Their marriage is falling apart, and they don't even know it. Right now, the Savior is reaching out to these two groups. These two groups, you who know your marriage is falling apart and it makes you feel guilty or damaged or ready to give up, and also the Savior is reaching out to you 
who have become complacent over the years, and you don't even know that your marriage is falling apart. Marriage oneness is not easy because it's the unity between two completely different and unique people. Early in our marriage, Jen and I were uh, traveling on the two-lane Merritt Parkway, and we came to a sign indicating that uh, the right lane is closed, merge left. So immediately, I turned on my signal and merged over to the left, a lane which, of course, came to a complete stop. And while I am in the left lane, uh, stopped, there are these cars passing by, passing by, passing by. And I said to Jen, I said, would you look at those people? You know what they're doing. They're going to the front of the line, and they're going to then nose into the left lane in front of people like me, who are stopped back here because we followed the sign, and merged left. And while I was thinking about what should be done with those people, <laughs> Jen said, I'm one of those people. <laughs> and at first I was shocked. I said, no, 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 no. Those are bad people. <laughs> and she was nodding. And then I came to that conclusion. It was one of those Luke discovers Darth Vader is his father <laughs> moments. I was, no! And she tells me, it doesn't make any sense for people to get lined up in a left lane that stretches on forever. It says merge. So you go in the front and you merge. And that's when I realized she was one of those people. <laughs> and... Um, I was thinking then all of a sudden to myself about all those times, all those times that she was in the passenger seat and I merged left and she was in the passenger seat rooting for those people who are going by saying, be free, run, go, I wish I could be with you. And I would never say, you know, that our marriage is not going to work, but I thought it. I thought it. Which is all to say that marriage is not easy. It's not easy because it is two very different people with different perspectives and imperfections and warts and wounds sharing the same house and the same bank account and the same car in the same lane. Marriage is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be a place where we grow and we learn. So don't feel guilty if, if your marriage has struggles. It's natural. Don't be shocked if your marriage is, feels like it's falling apart, it's natural. In fact, marriage breakdown is so natural that the only way to overcome it is to introduce something supernatural. In Scripture, God promises to empower Christ-following husbands and wives to follow a supernatural lifestyle, which leads to supernatural oneness in joy and marriage. 
Inspired by God, the Apostle Paul describes this supernatural lifestyle in these words in Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So the context for these words is not about marriage. But these qualities of the Christ follower with the indwelling Holy Spirit and these supernatural powers are exactly what a couple needs to overcome the natural breakdown that makes marriages fall apart. The first supernatural calling is love must be sincere. Um, where love is the antidote to that first marriage myth uh, that love, uh, that you know, marriage love should be easy. Far from being easy. The first marriage truth is that marriage love consists of unnatural acts of self-sacrifice. God says that love must be sincere, where love is the Greek word agape, which is the supernatural self-sacrificing love motivated by a desire to unconditionally and unilaterally bless the other person. And God knows that most people sincerely talk about this kind of agape love in their relationships, but sincerely don't do it. There are couples who say, I love you repeatedly, but when it comes time to actually self-sacrifice for their spouse, it's just talk. For instance, the most common expression of self-sacrificing agape love in a marriage that is necessary for a marriage to be one is something called forgiveness. And by far, most marriages that are falling apart here today are disintegrating because of unresolved anger and the lingering bitterness that comes from an unforgiving spirit. If my spouse hurts me or makes a mistake that wounds me, that's my spouse's bad. But if I let that wound fester day after day and it leads me to this unresolved bitterness that causes me to withdraw or leads me to petty forms of revenge, including the silent treatment and worse, then that's my bad. And it's my bad when that goes on day after day and week after week. It's my bad that actually causes my marriage to slowly fall apart. So say in parenting, you hear uh, your spouse uh, overruling some discipline or instruction that you've given to your young child. That hurts and it makes you angry. So what should you do in the way of forgiveness in that case? Well, forgiveness does not mean being a martyr who fumes in silence and just stays tight-lipped. 
In fact, it's this unresolved anger that most contributes to the downward spiral of a marriage. Forgiveness means sitting down with your spouse and explaining why you feel hurt. Forgiveness means full acceptance if your spouse gives an apology. Or if after a full discussion, you don't really come to a meeting of the minds and your spouse feels differently, then forgiveness means deciding not to take your pound of flesh in some backdoor way. And sometimes it just means never bringing it up again and just letting it go. And that takes something supernatural. God came in the person of Jesus to die on the cross as the ultimate act of self-sacrificing, supernatural, agape love and forgiveness. And spouses who follow Jesus have this supernatural resource giving them mercy so that they can share mercy with each other. Next, God says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. For the down-spiraling marriage to go up, they need both to hate what is negative and separates them and cling to the positives that bring their marriage joy and fun and adventure. Uh, so if your marriage is falling apart, there is something you need to hate. You need to hate whatever is introducing separation between you. By hate, I mean that you need to eliminate it with a passion. If there is a third person in your marriage, you must get rid of that obstacle with a passion. If, there, if that third person is an adulterous uh, affection, it must go. But you, of course, you know, sometimes the third person is Jack Daniels or Tom Collins or Bloody Mary. Sometimes the third person is a mother-in-law or a brother-in-law. Sometimes the third person is your own child. When that child ends up separating you from your priority oneness in Christ. So notice... God's call is to eliminate the evil obstacle and then cling to what is good. Uh, listen, the best prevention and cure for a disintegrating marriage is to cling on to what is good. What do you love about your spouse? Cling to it and then sing it. Sing it to your spouse or sing it to everybody else. What do you love to do? with your spouse. Make a list and cling to it and then fling with it. You know, one of my uh, close friends is a marriage counselor and he tells me that after 35 years of practice, he can say that there is one pattern that is consistent to the troubled marriages that he sees. The one consistent is that they can't remember the last time they did something fun together. Which gets to another common marriage myth, which is successful couples focus on fixing weaknesses. Not true. 
Uh, if your marriage is falling apart, then work quickly to eliminate whatever it is that is introducing separation between you. But don't keep focusing on your problems or your weaknesses. Married couples who focus on the negative grow more and more negative. Instead, cling to the positive things that you appreciate about each other. Cling to the positive things that you enjoy doing together. The marriage truth is that successful couples celebrate their strengths and foster positive togetherness. But you say, we don't want to spend time together. We're falling apart. Do it anyway. Uh, spend some time doing something fun. And in those hours you're together, make it a no-conflict zone where arguing is not allowed about anything. And instead, take turns just sharing good memories about things from the past or uh, things that you just appreciate about each other and other things that you appreciate. And you say, that would take a miracle. Exactly. You need Jesus. And you need to cling to his supernatural goodness. Back to Romans 12. He says, honor one another above yourself. This is an interesting phrase in the original. In the Greek, these words mean outdo each other in giving honor. Isn't that great? God wants to supernaturally empower you to consider marriage a race where the object of the race is to come in second. Where the, where the object of the marriage race is to put the other one in first place and not yourself. So here's another marriage myth. Marriage is all about making me happy. It's a destructive lie that causes marriages to fall apart quickly or slowly. Here's why. If my spouse and I are both considering marriage a place to serve self, then neither one of us gets served. That's why the marriage truth is that marriage is prioritizing my spouse. Because when I serve my spouse and my spouse serves me, we both get served. When we're serving ourselves, nobody gets served. The marriage truth is that marriage is prioritizing my spouse. Because if I serve my spouse, we end up serving each other. Honoring my spouse means making my spouse my top priority and not me. It makes it means making it my business to love my spouse in the way my spouse wants to be loved. There's a great book uh, by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages, uh, which describe the five primary ways that people want to be loved. Uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, tangible gifts of meaning, uh, physical touch, and quality time spent together. The object of the outdoing in honor race in your marriage is not to figure out what your top love language is, but to figure out how to best love your spouse as your top priority. 
Then there are some lines about serving the Lord and praying and sharing and showing hospitality, which uh, argues that it is a myth that healthy couples keep their love in. There's this myth uh, that causes couples to live in a fear uh, that actually causes the marriage to, to fall apart. It's the fear that our love is so scarce and so fragile that we need to hold on to it and not let it go. No, the marriage truth is that healthy couples let their love reach out. The truth is based on a supernatural word of Jesus who says, you will find your life when you lose it. You get by giving, and that it is more blessed to give than receive. And over my decades in ministry, I have seen this over and over again, where diving marriages become thriving marriages as couples together decide that they are going to serve together, that they are going to pray together, that they're going to make their hearts and their homes open to sharing with other people in need with the supernatural uh, power of Jesus. Finally, I want to go back to that line, be devoted to one another in love. This issue of devotion is so important to the kind of spiral up marriage that we're talking about. Um, see, people think that marriages uh, fall apart because of problems. Uh, people think that when financial problems come or health problems or some tragedy befalls a couple, they collapse under the weight of it all. The marriage myth is that problems overwhelm marriage commitment. But the truth is the opposite, that marriage commitment overcomes problems. Every marriage has problems. But don't give up, because your marriage commitment is the secret to overcoming your marriage problems. I have seen couples with tiny, tiny little problems, and they have fallen apart in their marriage. And then I have seen other couples with overwhelming problems, and they go through it arm in arm. Their secret is their commitment to each other. Don't give up on the commitment you made to each other and before God. It's the supernatural secret to overcoming whatever threatens to separate you. Don't give up on your spouse, but commit to your spouse to be there. With a uh, career that spans uh, decades, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman is one of the uh, most respected contemporary Christian artists uh, of our time. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman tours stadiums and auditoriums all over the world, and uh, wherever he is, while he is on stage, he phones his wife, Mary Beth, wife of uh, 35 years. And uh, Mary Beth exchanges uh, greetings with uh, the audience uh, over the phone, and then while she's still on the line, uh, Stephen sings his wife a song. And the song that he uh, usually sings is called, I Will Be Here. 
In fact, uh, just a little over a year ago, Stephen Curtis Chapman was right here singing that song, I Will Be Here. It's a song about from one spouse to another. It's a song that uh, becomes even more powerful uh, when you know the tragedy that, humanly speaking, should have ripped the Chapmans apart. It was a beautiful spring day when Stephen and Mary Beth were in their house and their five-year-old daughter, Maria, was outside playing. And Maria saw from a distance uh, her older brother, Will Franklin, uh, driving into the driveway in his uh, big Land Cruiser uh, SUV. Maria ran into the driveway. Will Franklin pulled into the driveway, and he never saw her. And Stephen and Mary Beth were in the house and heard screams from the driveway. And when they ran out the door, they saw their son screaming to heaven, covered in blood, and holding little Maria in his arms, crying, I never saw her. Medical helicopter uh, help arrived, but little Maria was gone. Marriage experts say that nothing tests a marriage more than the tragic loss of a young child. Maria's been gone a handful of years now, a tragic loss that makes even more significant the words that Stephen sings to his wife on the road and still sings and uh, saying right here. The words are, tomorrow morning if you wake up and the sun does not appear, I will be here. If in the dark we lose sight of love, hold my hand and have no fear, because I will be here. I will be here when you feel like being quiet. When you need to speak your mind, I will listen. I will be here when the laughter turns to crying. Through the winning, losing, and trying, I will be here. And you can cry on my shoulder when the mirror tells us we're older. I will hold you, and I will be here to watch you grow in beauty and tell you all the things you are to me. I will be here and true to the promise I've made to you and to the one who gave you to me. So tomorrow morning, if you wake up and the future is unclear, I will be here. Sure as the seasons are made for change, our lifelong love is for years. We'll be together because I will be here. I don't know where your marriage is today. Maybe you know that your marriage feels like it's falling apart. Or maybe you've just realized that you're not growing closer together but due to complacency, you are slowly drifting apart. There is hope. There is hope if you are devoted enough to say to your spouse and mean, I will be here. Because the Savior will join you there. The Savior will be there with his supernatural presence that makes what seems to be impossible, possible, and can heal a marriage that's falling apart.
Let's talk to him now. Jesus, thank you for understanding our struggles uh, with relationships, including marriage. But thank you also for extending hope to every marriage listening to me now. Lord, I pray that you would help us in this moment to make some decisions that will be to uh, our ultimate joy in our marriages. We reach out to you now. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So we've been married for 43 years, and uh, our first five years were really, really challenging. They, they really were the result of disconnectedness, isolation, and we really struggled those first, first five years. But God was amazing, restored us, redeemed us, uh, restored, brought our marriage back to uh, a healthy way. And uh, really because of that, and, and some family members, they went through some really hard times with divorce. Karen and I just felt called to get into marriage ministry and we just couldn't stand on the sidelines any longer. We had to jump in and see what we could do to help create healthy marriages. Our passion really has been since that time, um, starting at BlackRock, to really look at BlackRock as a marriage wellness church, as a place where people cared about their marriages and were constantly improving them and um, wanting to reflect God in them. So I don't know if it's a sign of the times these days or Fairfield County pressure or work pressure or family pressure, but it just seems like marriages now more than ever are facing intense um, challenges. Uh, as an example, I've literally received an email every two weeks from a couple that really want to uh, look enough, looking for some help with their marriage, whether it's uh, couples that are uh, struggling, whether couples that are feeling disconnected, couples that are married a year, couples married 20 years, it just seems like there's a real need right now for couples to, they want to do something uh, proactively and invest in their marriage. So we're having dinner recently with a couple and we're talking about uh, what we do after 43 years of marriage and we talked about some things we did. And the guy looked at me and he says, I mean, after all these years, uh, you still have to do these things, doesn't it come natural? I said, no, no, not really. The only thing that comes natural, if you don't do these things, is you drift apart. So the things that we do, very simple. We like to walk, so we go for a walk. Um, and a lot of times that's our best time to talk. Sometimes we pray. But um, it's very simple to take one of those little things and just do, do that. The other thing we've done is read a book Five Love Languages has been great. We um, go back to that all the time. We'll do a Five Love Languages date night and talk about how are we doing with showing each other their love language. So over the years, we've seen some really awesome examples of some couples that uh, proactively invest in their marriage. There's, there's two or three couples I can think of now that whenever we run a marriage workshop or, or a seminar or a retreat, these I can guarantee you these three couples will be there. Um, Another amazing example is a couple have been married in this church for 40 years and recently to celebrate their 40th year anniversary, they actually went away on a marriage counseling retreat session. That They actually worked with a counselor. Their marriage was awesome, but they did this to celebrate 40 years of marriage. I think what I would say and what I think we both would say is becoming one, oneness, is really um, the most important thing you can do in marriage. Becoming one in um, your emotional relationship, becoming one in your parenting, 
your finances, just running your life together, not leading parallel lives, but that oneness of doing things together. It's really um, what is gonna make your marriage grow. Recently, Gary Thomas wrote a great blog about uh, couples going through relational drift. Mm -hmm. Couples just drifting apart without investing in their marriage. And it was a really great article. And I was thinking about this, that why don't couples address this? And there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one of which is just that the stigma about reaching out and getting help, whether it's going through a, a workshop that BlackRock offers or uh, going to the counseling even, then people have to just get over that and just address uh, that if they're drifting apart, they have to do something about that. Maybe it's just that one person in the couple is like, I don't want to rock the boat. Maybe I better not say anything. But this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity now to take a step forward and just have a conversation with your spouse. So we at Black Rock Church believe in building strong, healthy, Christ-centered marriages. And that really begins by becoming proactive and investing in your marriage. You know, the thing is that we all invest in a lot of things right now. Couples do. They invest in their kids, their kids' activities, work, uh, expended families, we invest in a lot of things, but what would it look like for couples to begin really investing in their marriage? Over the next few months, there's some things coming up. We'll be doing some marriage retreats, uh, some workshops, so there will be opportunities for couples to begin investing in their marriage more. So let's take this opportunity to do something now. We're here behind you, we encourage you. It's, it's gonna be a great ride. So take a step, do something for your marriage and you'll be glad you did. It's an opportunity uh, for you if uh, you're a couple and you both uh, just uh, heard the message today, please just spend a, a moment just uh, talking about where your marriage is and where you want it to go. But I realize that a lot of times it's just one uh, member of the couple who gets to hear a message like this. And it would be natural, natural for you to feel like there's nothing you can do. Not true. The Savior is reaching out to you now. And if you apply some of the things that you've heard today, he will bring his supernatural power into your marriage in a way that will make a difference. Just remember that we have uh, people up here in the front ready to pray with you, and our prayer room is also open. Uh, please take advantage of these prayer opportunities. But also, most of all, remember that talking together as a couple is the is the opportunity that can often just change everything in just uh, a few sentences. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.